Welcome to the Mountain Traditions Project, telling stories of people caring for the Appalachian traditions in our rapidly changing world. I'm Mike Snyder. And I'm Leah Scarpelli. Ben Yoder and his wife Hannah will be the first people to tell you they lucked out. The couple was farming on rented land in the village of Pocahontas in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, when members of their family farm share offered to sell them their farm and owner finance it. Ben and Hannah are now approaching their ninth growing season. They built a home on the property and started Savage River Farm, raising different kinds of livestock, organic produce, and mushrooms. And that farm share program, it's grown to 150 members. They also started a beehive and they planted a large fruit orchard. Every year, new seasonal workers and students come to work on their farm. And they have two children, Rose and Henry, who were three years old and six months old when they showed us around. Ben and Hannah met in North Carolina while both working on farms, but wanted to move back to where Ben is originally from to start their own venture. He was actually raised on a dairy farm in Oakland, Maryland, but he never imagined he'd end up following in his family's footsteps. I didn't have any interest in it. It's funny, I, uh, you know, growing up, everybody, including my dad, would be like, do whatever you want in life, but just don't farm, you know, just stay away from farming. And I was like, at that time, like, yeah, no problem. I have no interest in that at all. That's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> then one day, something like when I was like 25 years old, something like that, like just something clicked on in me. <laughs> you want to go to the chickens, Rosie? You want to show them how we open it up? Ready? Grab the gate. Sometimes they pack you. <laughs> Sometimes they pack you. <laughs> we uh, we grow our own um, corn and oats organically, and we grind it, grind it ourselves. She gave me a lot, Daddy. You can put it in the little red one. These are the sheep. We got this whole thing going on with uh, what they call multi-species rotational grazing, which is like um, the beef go, they graze a paddock first, and then the sheep follow the beef, and then the uh, chickens and turkeys and rabbits and everything are sort of like um, following behind and giving everything a shot of fertilizer, and then they eat the bugs, so they keep like the fly population down and stuff. I don't feel like I, I personally came to farming. It was not my primary purpose to do something really great for the environment, you know? I was more interested in farming as a cultural practice and as a tradition that was seemed to be dying, you know? But I felt like if I was gonna go get into it and do it, that I just naturally went to doing it in ways that were attempting to, you know, or moving towards environmental sustainability. That was important to Hana, but also it seems like maybe for you it was like a health, Josh is a already health motivation, right? Turkeys. 
I think I was looking for a way to something that felt to me like it was helping the environment and the world more than harming it. Although it's one of those things, it's a give and take, you know, where you get into it and you realize it's not ideal either. It's hard to achieve environmental sustainability <laughs> within the scope that you're allowed to practice it in. <laughs> uh, you know, almost impossible. We have a short growing season um, compared to a lot of people. Um, we have to have more hay stockpiled for the winter for the animals because the pasture, you only have like four months, five months tops of, of pasture that you can feed the cattle. Um, some of our primary markets are in some of the most economically depressed areas yeah. in the country. But that was important to us. You know, like we didn't want to just, we wanted to like be for everybody, you know what I mean? And, uh, or be in an area where um, people otherwise don't really have access to high right. quality food. You know, if you're like contributing to creating strong community that has access to good healthy food that can withstand global market forces and things like that that are completely unsustainable and just keep trying to keep those roots there, those cultural roots of like community uh, cohesion, keeping those there through all the stuff that we're going through and about to go through, I think, you know, is contributing to environmental sustainability in the long run, you know. That was like, is almost like my primary motivation in farming was just the idea of independence and self like autonomy and not just self but like autonomy as a family unit you know and uh, empowered to make your own living and to be in charge of your own day and I want to demonstrate that to our kids you know, I want to be around the farm all day when the kids want me or need me. They know they can come out and find me. And uh, we want to be able to homeschool and have like, you know, organize our own education and find other people that are homeschooling. And, you know, you have really old-fashioned people that are still doing what they've done for generations around here. And, you know, you think you got some big new idea and they're like, oh yeah, I've done that for my whole life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we homeschool our kids. Yeah, we can our own food. So what? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, so what? <laughs> yeah, but for us, it's kind of a reclaiming thing, you know, in a way. And there are so a lot of younger people that I think are doing that as well. We were supposed to go to the barn. We were supposed to go to the barn, yeah. yeah. Do we have a customer here? Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you down, Rosie. Henry fell asleep flopping around in my arm. I didn't even realize he was asleep. <laughs> hey, Kenny is one of the uh, one of our members, farm members. From the yeah. beginning. Hi, yeah. Rosie. 
But yeah, I always think of community as like a web, you know, where like the more strands, the stronger it is. So you have all these like multiple connections with the same people and then they have connections with other people that you're also connected with. And, and our co-op has sort of um, really facilitated that. Yes, Rosie? Um, I want strawberry. You want the strawberry? Money is always going to be it, probably. Like, just, you know, even with having the miracle of land, you know what I mean? Uh, we still have a mortgage to pay. And in the winter time, making that mortgage payment can be rough, you know. Yeah, the um, season, the seasonality of what we do, like the way our income fluctuates throughout the year, is a big challenge. And then just like scaling up is hard in the same way that starting up is hard, because it's like we need more equipment and more help and more volume of whatever where you're buying, you know, um, but we're not scaled up yet, so we're not really making, like, the income to invest in that process of scaling up, so it's like, you feel like you need to grow so that you can bring in more money, but you need more money in order to grow. I think another obstacle is just time, you know, like, we don't have the time that a lot of people expect that you will have. We do more than most farmers who are trying to do what we do because we have so many people here, and, you know? So we have the luxury, sort of, more than most farmers of being able to, like, pick up and take a summer vacation, but we really don't, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so that kind of thing. Like, the expectation today that you give your kid a well-rounded experience includes, like, taking them to soccer every night and whatever it might be, you know. It's just like doesn't fit well. And sometimes you think, oh, you know, that'd be cool. But also you just kind of think, well, hopefully they'll have something else that's good, you know, like a farm life will be good too. Definitely, especially at certain times of year, there are times when we wish that we could spend more time as a family, maybe doing something other than work. Um, Right, Henry? <laughs> but, you know, then you but think overall, it's, just... it's worth it. It's like one of those trade-offs that I think we're still happy to have the lifestyle we do. June through August is totally crazy, but in the wintertime... It's a lot more you know, leisurely. It's much more leisurely, so... Of course, we spend our extra time sleeping, but... <laughs> <laughs> So you have to find a way to just accept the other benefits of the agrarian life, you know, uh, and realize that you're always going to be poor. <laughs> like I the think autonomy I'll, he's talking about and being together as a family every day and right. things like that are, are non-economic benefits that we take into account when we decide whether this is worth it, you know, because, yeah, economically it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, like especially in the beginning, I mean, we worked like over 100 hours a week. Still to this day, barely have anything in our bank account, you know. <laughs> but we ended up with this, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. and I mean, this situation that we've ended up in is also doesn't make sense. And, you know, wouldn't have been possible through 
normal. Just economic. a traditional bank uh, loan. Yeah, traditional yeah. financial <laughs> pathways. So it's like if you imagine something alternative, it just might happen, you know? But it can't happen if you don't imagine that it can or allow it to. You know? I'm such an independent person that just feeling like not only like running my own business, but like actually just like living, like having the autonomy is the most satisfying thing. And getting to quit our other jobs was definitely a big satisfying milestone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, just like, I guess I'd say the fact that it's working, you know, I mean, yeah, we're still broke, but like, we're making it work. And that in and of itself is probably the most satisfying thing. Ben, Hannah, Rosie, and Henry Yoder at their farm in Greenville Township in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. The Mountain Traditions Project was created and produced by me, Michael O. Snyder. And the podcast was produced by me, Leah Scarpelli. The Mountain Traditions Project is funded by the Community Trust Foundation in partnership with Frostburg State University, the Appalachian Independent, Maryland Traditions, Mountain City Traditional Arts, the Allegheny Arts Council, the Maryland State Arts Council, and interdependent pictures. Mm -hmm.